Welcome to another episode of Iron Sharpens Iron, Iron Iron Sharpens Iron. Believe that who you surround yourself with matters, and at the heart of this belief is Proverbs 27, 17. Iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Well, welcome back a couple weeks ago, I think last week from the recording, but a couple weeks ago from when it's posted, we just got back from the SEEK conference, and we heard some testimonies of students and stuff there, and we're kind of going to unwrap that a little bit and talk a little bit about our experience there. We got a student on here, uh, new to the podcast, Noah Hitchcock. Um, So yeah, if you want to introduce yourself quick, uh, a little bit about yourself. Yeah, like like Matt said, uh, I'm Noah Hitchcock. I'm a sophomore studying business administration, and I have an entrepreneurship minor. Um, I've just recently become a peer minister here at the the Newman Center, and I'm really excited to get started and get this uh, semester rolling. Yeah, we're excited to have you here at the Newman Center now to Thank you. help work with students and work on these events that we do here, and it's going to be awesome. Yeah. But yeah, Seek, how was, uh, Nathan, how was your experience? Uh, I know well, we, we talked about it. I think we were halfway through yeah. Seek when we, we did that I, podcast. Yeah, it, it, was, it was about the halfway point and uh, still processing a lot and everything. And, you know, at that time, um, I think I said the, the thing that just had struck me the most was, was the mass. Right, so you're surrounded by 17,000 friends you never knew you had. And then when we all enter into what is uh, really just a, an old NFL football stadium, and, but we're going there to celebrate the mass. And then you see hundreds of priests processing and, and then you know dozens of bishops and you get this real sense of the body of Christ, um, the, the church. And, and then the music was incredible. You know, the, the music that was at Seek, and um, it really aided entering into the liturgy and the Eucharistic worship. Um, and I was reflecting more, I think, after we had recorded the on-site episode, we had a Mass where uh, one of my all-time favorite um, choral compositions was sung there. It's called Magnum Mysterium. And I keep talking about this to everybody uh, that I see because it's, it's absolutely beautiful in its, in its composition. And the composer's uh, named Morton Lordson, so you can look it up on Spotify and, and listen to uh, Magnum Mysterium um, for yourself, but it, it's worth a listen. And where it comes from is one of the antiphons in the uh, Roman breviary for matins of Christmas Day. And it, and it basically says, like, you know, the scene where the, the ox and the, the an, uh, major animals are, like, worshiping the Lord. But it's all sung in Latin. So anyway, they sung this at Mass during U- the Eucharist. And if heaven had a choir, I think that's what heaven's choir sounded like, is that. so? Yeah, their I, choir was beautiful. It, it? It, just incredible. And, yeah. and I you know, I'm trying to describe it now, and... For those that are listening that might not have been there, it's probably like, okay, yeah, you really liked it. Cool. You know, but it, it was truly beautiful. And and when we encounter that kind of a beauty like like we did at Seek, uh, especially in a liturgical setting, all of a sudden heaven seems that much closer. Uh, the Lord seems like almost you could just reach out and touch him. And um, and I think that sense is, is still my remaining high point from Seek. It's just walking away from that. It just kind of underscored it that... Yeah, wow. Um, the the liturgy was so astounding. So yeah. uh, I'm still processing all of that and um, and just trying to translate that now down into my ordinary life as we kind of enter, come down from the mountaintop and just enter the day to day and where do we go from here? Yeah, I really the the beauty of the mass. I feel like a lot of it we can get from a, from a church when you go into it. We talk about beauty a lot on 
on here. And uh, when you go into a church and you see see the beautifulness of the church, but then here, you know, you're at this, you don't expect much beauty because you're at an old NFL stadium and it was the St. Louis Rams. Let's yeah, be honest. I mean, let's not, <laughs> while they said they were the greatest show on turf, uh, I don't yeah. know, I beg to differ. <laughs> yeah, but no, you go, you go into this stadium and you're not really expecting much. And just the, the people there, 17,000 plus people there worshiping our Lord in the Eucharist, it, it was just absolutely breathtaking. And for me, it was like, after every mass, we sung the Salve Regina. Mm-hmm. And I, I still, I, I took a video of it and I still got to post it. Um, but Emily Wilson, I think, posted a video of the 17,000 plus people singing the Salve Regina. And it is just gives you yeah. goosebumps. And it is, it's awesome and, and beautiful just to see that many people. Even if you're still in an NFL stadium, you can get that beauty from all those people there. And yeah. That's what I thought was really cool. And and even in the context of the liturgy, I don't know if I mentioned this on our last episode or not, but, okay, 70,000 people. If you're going to get 70,000 people in that kind of a setting, generally any other context or setting, it's going to be somewhat pandemonium. It's going to be loud. It's going to be chaotic. You could hear a pin drop at any point from before Mass all the way after Mass where everybody was in concert because we were acting as a unified body. That's what the liturgy does for us, right? It actually allows us to enter that time and that space uh, and in some ways just enter an eternal you know, moment uh, during the liturgy, just kind of touch that eternal moment. And, and we all act as one. And I think, you know, singing the Salve at the end, everybody knew what to do. And, and that's the amazing thing is it sort of magnifies uh, the glory of the Lord as here we are all acting uh, as one and you don't have to explain it. You don't have to like stand behind them with a whip or anything. It's just we all instinctively know this is what we should be doing. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 Noah, this is your first in-person seek, right? Did you go yes. to any of that? Cause the last two years they were virtual. Did you go to any of those? I went to the one last year and it was nothing compared to, to yeah. St. Louis this year. It was crazy. Like Nathan was saying, the 17,000 people masses, insane i've never had anything like that um but adoration as well like uh i i have no words it's it was something that not many people would get to experience unless you go to something like that and like even though some people there might have not wanted to be there like i that's something that at the end of it you come out with so many graces and you might not even experience like know or see them right away but looking back on it you look i don't know like that's what happened to me last year like when i went to seek and it was nothing like this year like i said it was like the regional and i didn't really feel anything like anything really happened but then like as it went on like i started to feel a little bit more and more and then something kind of hit me during adoration last year and it was just crazy and then I feel like that same thing kind of like foreshadowed this year as well. And like just something about having 17,000 people worshiping the Eucharist during an adoration last year or this year, last yeah. year, everybody. Yeah. It's just amazing and nothing yeah. like it. Would you say life-changing? Life-changing for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Something that really, it really puts into perspective that like this is legit and this is like, like why we're here and who we're here for. Yeah, usually, yeah, a lot of people. I know my uh, first year was in um, 
where was it at? Not Indianapolis, the one before San that. Antonio, Not Ch- San Antonio. San Antonio, that's Antonio, the one. Yeah. yeah, I was in my first one. I was in San Antonio, and I also I was one of those people who was like, I don't really want to be here, but you know, the focus missionaries talked me into going, so I mm-hmm. guess I'm here now. I didn't know a ton of people, and I went there, and it was the same thing. The adoration. I think there was around seventeen thousand people there too, and adoration is just it gets me every time I, I go to um, one of these conferences, just because the beauty of the procession. Um, when I think usually at the end and sometimes in the middle, there's like this time of silence. There's a, there's music going on usually during the procession, but then there's this time of silence too in that part. Um, that's where I'm like, wow, this is, and, and you, you, during that time of silence, it's just like 17,000 people. Like how do you quiet 17,000 people? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, that just adoration is always, always awesome. I heard, um, moving on, um, I heard the men's talks were absolutely phenomenal. I've been, I, w- I was at um, the first two, um, and then that that Matt Frad one. I was just there for like the beginning of it, and then I had to mm-hmm. leave early so we could record this the podcast there. But man, when when he walked out, he just starts so strong. It is awesome to be a man. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. You especially the Matt Frad talk. Uh, well, to start, I think they like scheduled the perfect three guys for those men's talks and they were all different and they all were talking about different things, but everything just hit spot on. Like, I feel like every guy in there could relate in some way, shape or form to basically everything that they were saying. And it was just amazing. But specifically the Matt Frad talk, man, he really got us going. You could say, or he could have said anything and we would have just all gone ballistic. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) There's a lot of cheering, just a lot of mm -hmm. manliness in that room, a lot of testosterone. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, he walked in and and (laughs) he walked into the room and he's like, guys, I I pitched a focus. I walk up here and I sit down in a chair and smoke a cigar for 40 minutes. Everyone just goes, just the room erupts, you know, (laughs) just a bunch of dudes like being guys. And yeah, I feel like every other sentence we were yelling. I don't know why, but... (laughs) Yeah, I can't tell you why, but it's just the way Matt Frad controls a room. It's exactly. Like, yeah. yeah. But like I said, they're all so different. Like Monsignor Shea, he it was such a serious talk, but it hit so hard. It was kinda like if anybody's ever read Wild at Heart, it's kinda like that where it's like searching within yourself and like you're looking within and seeing like how you are as a man and maybe some things that you need to change or how you need to live a little differently. Matt Frad comes out, he just makes us all laugh. He like like growth in in your masculinity and it was awesome that's the the great thing about matt frad is he like you, he comes out and he makes everybody laugh and has a good time but he also pumps you up to be mm-hmm. especially in this men's talk like pumps you up to just go out and live and be live a virtuous manly life mm-hmm. and he, he gets you excited for that and you don't you don't see that in a lot of uh um just secular speakers like they're like you you don't see that like the way he does it it's, it's pretty great because yeah. the secular the secular world uh looks at men as betas like yeah a bunch of beta males and like matt frad comes out and says no live a manly life like to be virtuous is manly like those are those are manly characteristics and so i think men that resonates with men when they encounter it like there's something interior to them wherever they're coming from and whatever environment they're coming out of like they know they want to be to be men, and not that I'm recommending this movie, but it's kind of one of the great insights of uh, the movie uh, Fight Club. You know that uh, I mean it, I'm not recommending it because there's there's a lot of really 
unsavory parts to it, but it kind of taps into this idea that, that men just want to be men. And there's something kind of rough and tumble about it. And like, we kind of want to get bruised up in the act of doing whatever it is that we're being called to do. There's something gratifying to the man that says like, yeah, that was hard. Yeah, I got banged up with it, but man, I'm feeling kind of alive right now. This is good. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. so I meant like sports, like contact sports and things like that. And women don't really like contact sports, so. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, those, those what did uh, the last one was Father uh, Agostino Torres. Mm -hmm. What was his, t I missed that one, so. Uh, I don't recall like in the fullest, like the whole talk. I remember it was like a mixture of both where he would get us all fired up and you'd have us all yelling. But it wasn't like a Matt Frab where Texas is yelling because he just mentioned the word Texas. Yeah. Texas always does that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I love when the speakers pause and they just mention some rant. They'll just like mm -hmm. out of nowhere just be like Kansas. Yeah. And then just everybody erupts. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone just starts going crazy. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. But then he, he got really serious at times too. And I feel like when he got serious, that's when I really – because – because I'm giving the men's talk for our, our upcoming Koinonia. And so during those three talks, I was just head down in my book, writing down everything I possibly could. There you go. And so I felt like I took away from like his serious moments a lot more. Mm -hmm. But like I said, the, the three speakers that they had scheduled for those men's talks were so like, so great for the talks that they were given and for like the group that they were giving to. Yeah. And I, I'm not too, like, well, I don't know all, like, the men speakers within Focus or, like, the Catholic, uh, mm -hmm. like, world, but uh, I don't think they could have gotten much better than those three guys. Yeah. I was going to ask if you've heard of uh, any of the speed, like, any of the keynotes or anything before, because I know my first Seek, I had no idea who anyone was, and that's, like, really, just going to Seek is really where I learned the people I can look up, look up their books, look up their, they, they all have, like, most of them have their own YouTube channel that, you, that, that they give talks or interviews on. So that's where the, my first seek was where I learned these people and that helped mm -hmm. strengthen my faith and what I believe and where, where I am as far as apologetics. And mm -hmm. um, as much as I wanted to learn, I could learn from these big speakers that they had. And that's um, seek was where I found that. So are there any speakers like you learned about or did you know most of the speakers coming in? Or I knew the majority of them, especially the keynotes because of seek last year. But all the impact talks, uh, I didn't know much about those guys. And I really, really took away a, a lot from those impact talks, especially since, like, I love the way that they do it in the way that you choose which one you go to. They have a bunch of different ones. You go to the one that you feel called to go to. And those are the ones that I really feel like I got a lot out of. Because the keynotes, keynotes are amazing talks with amazing speakers. And they're kind of like the general, like kind of teaching you more about the Catholic faith. And that last year was exactly what I needed. But that this year was more like I'm more knowledgeable about those kinds of topics. So I was able to take more from the impact talks, the ones that I was able to choose to go to. But yeah, but with some of them, like you were saying how you learned from um, some of the people, or like their books and stuff, like Jason mm -hmm. Everett. Like I've read one of his books and I, I love that. And I wish I would have gone and met him, but I was – everywhere always all the time that i heard one of our students i think uh i think macy macy yeah. she said she waited like two, two hours, hours in line so which you had to yeah. be you had to be dedicated and committed if you mm -hmm. were going to meet uh and she's leading a book study this year yeah. on uh, yeah. one of his books so yeah uh 
yeah. good for her for for yeah. seeing him. I think that was a special moment for her oh, to for be sure. able to uh, to meet meet him. And, yeah, yeah. I probably need to read one more of his books, and then I'd be that dedicated. To right. Yeah. Yeah. Two now. Yeah. Start leading a book study next year, and then mm-hmm. and then yeah. you can go. go yeah. Ahead. He was. Uh, I think we had him at uh, NDSU not too long ago. Really. Um, yeah, uh, well, back when I was in school, so okay. it's yeah. getting further than I remember. But yeah, that was cool when he was here. It's awesome. Yeah. What do you think of Mission Way, Noah? Um, did you get spend much time there? Because so for for those listening that don't know, they had basically like a big auditorium set up with just booths of different religious communities and vendors, and there was like a bunch of social games and things. They had like bags set out, these giant Jenga sets. Did you get a uh, pass through there much and and see anything? Yeah. So we. Like, I I like to move a lot. I don't like sitting down for too long. So I was in Mission Way uh, a lot, I'd say. And there were some booths that I may have spent more time with, like Hard as Nails Missionaries. Those guys are awesome. I talked to those guys for probably like half an hour. Yeah, and I could have talked to them longer. Yeah. Were you but, here when they were here, a couple? I think, last year or two years yes, ago? Yes, I was. Yeah. And I know a couple of them just from, like, if you know who Peter is, he mm-hmm. was here last year. Mm-hmm. I met a new one named Jacob who's actually going to be here in – like a month or so he said yeah so excited to talk to them again because that's that's just such a cool mission and yeah. what they're doing um do you know enough to tell tell anyone about it or no nah, i i don't have enough confidence to tell them about it okay. i remember well, they're looking very up hard, hard as nails is what they are if you want to yeah look them <laughs> yeah i don't want to i don't i want to do them justice if i'm going to yeah, talk yeah, about it yeah um obviously the main ones that uh i remember i went to the benedictine uh, like station that they had set up table that they had set up and they had a medal there and they had a priest that was there to bless the medal and bless you at the same time. So I got one awesome. of those. That was awesome. Um, and then the Exodus, I went to the Exodus one, talked to those guys for a while as well. Cause I'm doing, I'm leading an Exodus 90 group. Oh, good and, for you. Yeah. Did you get any swag? No, I didn't sign up. Yeah. I was going to, but then they said that you have to table for a little bit and I'm like, I I don't know if I want to do that. If I, just be a free soul, just go yeah, go yeah, wherever sure. I want, yeah. But I don't know. Mission way, it could have been really overwhelming, but I was able to go to the ones that I really wanted to go to, like the hardest nails. I went to the Benedictine one, like I said, that Exodus. Yeah, yeah. There was so much more that I definitely missed, and I would have loved to go to, but yeah. you only have so much time at that place yeah. and. Yeah. It's uh, it, it was kind of cool. I was uh, going through Mission Way at one point, and um, I was with our, our pastor, Father Cheney, and and we hadn't really seen each other much at that point in the week, so we had bumped into each other. So we were kind of catching up. Uh, it's kind of midweek, and he wanted to go over and uh, talk to the Dominicans because uh, we were bringing in one of the Dominican speakers. So he was curious if maybe that particular friar, Dominican friar, was there. So we kind of come tooling over, and I'm pushing a stroller with my youngest Miriam in it, and. We go up and, and who's standing there, but uh, kind of one of our podcast heroes, Father Gregory Pine. Yes. And I'm starting to kind of geek out inside. I'm like, <laughs> oh man, okay, you got to act cool. And I'm not saying much, because Father, I don't, Father, he probably doesn't listen to the podcasts and things like that, but he starts chatting with them. And I realize, wow, Father Gregory Pine's really tall. So, um, <laughs> you know, and I'm just sitting there, I'm like, okay, act cool, act cool. And then, so finally, I, you know, get father introduced he's like oh yeah this is this is nathan he's my my director of campus ministry so i got to shake his hand and didn't still didn't say much i'm like i don't want to open my mouth and make a fool of myself because <laughs> i'll uh, i'll say something but in between all of that 
uh, he would get interrupted by fans that would pass by and want to take a picture with him and stuff. He was so gracious. So he just like, yep, take a picture and then continue the conversation. So yeah. it was kind of cool to see that because it's like anybody who's anybody is probably going to be at a seat conference and your chances of bumping into them are uh, are pretty high. So and I know uh, like my wife, Ryan, she uh, has a longstanding correspondence with um, Sister Bethany Madonna. So she was able mm-hmm. to connect with her briefly and uh, show her our newest Miriam and um, and everything like that. So that's kind of cool. It's like a big family reunion in that regard is people from your past or that you want to meet. Chances are you're going to you're going to get to at least see them, if not shake their hand and meet them. So mm-hmm. it's kind of a fun experience. Yeah, that's that's funny that you say that, because last year at Seek, Father Manuel was there, if you recall. Yeah. And I had no clue who Father Emanuel was at that time. Like, I didn't know, I didn't know much. Like, obviously, I still don't know much. I'm always learning. But I was just walking to the social hall where they did all the talks and stuff. And I'm walking. And this guy just starts talking to me. And it's, it's Father Emanuel. Yeah. I didn't know that. I was just talking to him. I just don't know that, he's a, that, that yeah. he is who he is. And he's going to yeah. give a talk and whatever. And so I'm just walking with him, talking with him. I don't remember what we talked about. Just probably about Seek. And then... Like a day later, he's up on the, yeah, he's up speaking. Up on the stage. Yeah, yeah. like what? What the heck is going on? Like I talked to that guy yesterday. Like he talked to me. I'm like, What's yeah. Go- yeah. like I know him. Yeah. yeah, yeah, And then I, like this year, I was able to do spiritual accompany with him, accompaniment with him as well. And so that was really cool. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember. I don't think you remember me from the brief conversation. They see a lot of yeah. people. Yeah, well, that's okay. I, yeah. I totally understand. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, it was just really cool. Just like when you said that, yeah. it is like one big family reunion and you're going to run into people that maybe you're not too familiar with, or maybe you're going to run into your yeah. childhood hero, you know, who knows? Well, and, and it just strikes me how many people that we've brought into the Newman Center and um, that we're all there. I think I must have seen the group of uh, various sisters of life that have come and visit us. It felt like every time I walked around the corner, there was another one of them like waving and chatting. And then, you know, the that last day... Um, so the final mass, which ends the conference, gets out, and um, the the Newman Center, the Bison Catholic buses were going to be leaving pretty quick. So we actually had to kind of bolt out right after the final blessing. And so I don't think they liked it. All like the security guards and stuff were standing there, and they uh, uh, were kind of like trying to hold us back, but they let us through, and we we bolted. And uh, so anyway, I get back to my car because I wasn't riding the buses. I'm loading up all this luggage, all these like pack and plays and baby carriers and stuff. And who walks out but like every single sister of life as I'm loading my car right in this alleyway. And I get to wave and say goodbye. I'm like, I see them all the time when I'm here. But then they're going to be here in February, too. So we'll get to see them again. And it'll be a lot of fun. So it's just it's like the biggest family reunion um, you never knew you were going to have. It's so much fun. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's so weird. You see all these people, you get to talk to them. And then just all of a sudden you're at this giant conference together. And it's a ton of fun. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. It is an exhausting week, too. I mean, I've been I think I went to basically every talk and I learned so much. My brain was just fried at the end of it. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you guys both yeah, have the same experience, 100%. but man, it was, it was awesome. One talk that really struck me in particular was this talk on, on prayer. Yeah. On prayer. And it was just basically talking about, um, no, it was the, the talk on the environment. And this probably had nothing to do with what he was talking about, but he was, he was going on and talking about the book of Genesis. Um, and then he was going in like, deep to like 
this was what how it was originally written and he goes into the original language and he's talking about that and i think to myself how great it is to be catholic because i'm like if i just got the bible and i'm just reading it i mean that's great that we have it in, in english and everything and we can all read it and, and enjoy it but if i'm not like digging deep i would have never known anything if, if this guy didn't go into like the original language of it and like actually talk me through what was happening so that's just something that really i don't think that was his point of the talk or actually i know it wasn't his point of the talk but <laughs> yeah but it's amazing what sticks out to you when mm -hmm. you're when you're in these talks and uh because where you're at and the state of your heart is at the holy spirit will draw out certain things and sort of build on that and continue it and yeah it might not be the main point that the speaker is making but that's what god wanted you to hear and know yeah exactly and I, yeah i took a ton of notes during these talks and learned a lot about prayer about um more about the Bible and everything, and I'm looking forward to talking more about it with different people in these podcasts. So, should be awesome in the next next year to come here. Yeah, for mm -hmm. sure, definitely. Yeah. Well, do you guys have anything else you want to share? Any um, special talks? Maybe you got something from or. Yeah, something maybe I, I was trying to try and tease an idea out at our Bison Catholic night uh, last night and. Um, that you know, if, if God says something to you in, in a clear moment, like in these mountaintop moments, like a Sikh conference, where uh, it's so easy and so joyful to be Catholic and to be faithful, um, where you kind of get a glimpse of maybe what heaven might be like and even just a sliver of a sense. When God says something to you in those moments, listen to it. Because when you come down from the mountaintop, What's going to happen is you're going to enter into uh, the darkness and the brokenness and the confusion of the world again. And the enemy is going to try to uh, confuse you and have you turn away from that clarity that you received. And so remember it. So write it down. Maybe it's a word or a phrase or a passage. And when you find yourself in those moments where you're kind of, okay, I'm, I'm being met with some of the confusion or some of the doubt, um, go back to that and remind yourself of that. Because that's what God said to you when you knew he was very, very near and you felt his presence. And don't ever doubt those things because those are the moments where he's guiding us and wants us to listen to. We may have to persevere through some, some difficult times and, and some trials as he continues to do good works within us and draw, draw good things out of us. Sometimes there's a pruning that has to happen that he requires us to walk through something. But always remember those things. So like Matt, you were saying, you're gonna unpack this over the course of the year. Yeah, like that's, how, that's actually how, how it is. We don't live on the mountaintop. We go there so that we can get these clear moments so that it encourages us and, and, and sort of sustains and reinforces us for the, for the next leg of the journey. Um, so that'd be my encouragement to anybody listening that, you know, if you've been on seek or maybe you're coming off of a great retreat or something like that, listen to what God said to you in those very clear moments and take that with like great weight with, you know, a, a great value to you. Yeah. I'm so glad you said that, Nathan, because, you know, you get to these, the mountaintop and you feel like you're going to be there for, for some people who came to the seek. This was probably could have been their, the, one of the best, most life-changing weeks of their entire life. And you're at this this peak, and then eventually you are going to come down, like you said, and it's it's just going to feel like normal. And that's when you, you do have to turn back to, to that word that you might have heard or um, to just trying to live the best life that you can. But it, eventually it is going to come down. Yeah. So I'm glad you said that, yeah. Yeah, like 
wet. I feel like you're just speaking to me right now because, like, that's something that happened to me when we were talking. Or it was right before the Father Mike talk. Yeah. And they gave out the award to the previous focus. Um, Those missionaries. Yeah. Like, the, yeah. That yeah. were in the parish. That, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I look. O- I'm sitting next to Michael Payne, one of our missionaries. I look over at him. I'm like, Michael. Like that's so easy to do. Like why can't we just like do that? And I was just thinking about that the whole entire like conference. And I was like, this is so easy. Like that's like something that like I'd want to do. That's what that's what I want like other people to do. And it's like, how do you get other people to do that? And so obviously that's something I'm still sitting with. But yeah, when I came back, uh, took me about a day. But then it, I was in prayer like my holy hour. I don't mm-hmm. remember exactly what it was but then I like thought of that and so I was like 30 minutes into my holy hour and I pull up my phone and I probably text like five or six different guys like hey I got bible study this time like you should come like I want you to come and so like I bible study at night I probably have like four to six new guys coming maybe nice. more I don't know I texted yeah. I don't even know how many people I actually texted yeah. but I got a lot of yeses yeah and it's just those easy things that's right in front of you. Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah, like I'd love to do more with that and to continue on because stuff like that, I feel like that's something that like God has called me to do. Like I, I'm a, I'm a pretty social guy, I'd say. And so that stuff is easy for me. And so why would I not? Yeah. Like use those gifts that I've been given. Yeah. And people are just waiting for that one invitation, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and maybe, maybe to wrap up then, um, because earlier in the podcast, I was, Reminded of uh, uh, something Curtis Martin said when he was here last year for our um, one of our banquets, our Fargo banquet, and he was the keynote speaker at it. And um, he was he was talking about the the call of the apostles, so you know Peter and Andrew, James and John, and that he uh, you know drew out that there's this detail that he mentions. Uh, John mentions in the gospel that after Jesus had them stay with him and says it was about four o'clock in the afternoon. And Curtis kind of asked the question, why on earth would he mark what time of day it is? That does, makes no sense. Except that their entire life changed at that moment when they met Jesus and encountered Jesus. It was never again going to be the same again. It was the most significant moment to that point in their lives. And they remembered it was four o'clock because how could you forget it? Like, it's so significant when we encounter Jesus. And so, you know, when we run into this kind of stuff and it's like, oh yeah, now my life has changed or things are so clear. We're just waiting for them, maybe invite one other person into that, like you were just talking about, Noah, like invite them in so that they can have that four o'clock moment, you know, where they then get to encounter Jesus and be called by him and their lives get changed forever by it. And they'll remember exactly where they are and what time of day it is. Just like we're talking about the seat conference and how memorable it is. Uh, that they'll have those kind of memories and, and sort of uh, way stops along the way that says that was the significant moment in my life and I remember everything about it. Yeah, I think that's a that's a, a great note to end on there, Nathan. Um, you always come in clutch with those uh, those ending ending notes. <laughs> don't don't inflate my fragile male ego here, Matt. It's dangerous. <laughs> All right. Well, like, subscribe, share this with a friend. Um, share it with the if you're a student listening share it with a parent and say hey this is what we got from that seek experience or share it with someone who helped you go to seek and say hey thank you for uh, donating to your trip so yeah um god bless <laughs>